Let's take our Bibles and open them today to Psalm 74. Psalm 74. Uh, my name's Carlos Sibley, and I'm grateful to be able to teach through this psalm today in our uh, Songs of Summer series. This is what we believe would be our next to the last psalm of the summer. I'm really grateful for Joel Shinpo, our communications pastor, uh, teaching through Psalm 71 uh, and Psalm 72. And then uh, Pastor Vic teaching last week through Psalm 73. Let me just take a moment to remind us, all of us, of our church mission. A lot of times if we were walking around in our buildings, we would see it plastered on walls or we would hold it on a Sunday paper. But just be reminded that the mission of our church is to make wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And we believe we do that by gathering as many people as we can, equipping as many people as we can, encouraging as many people as we can, and then sending as many people as we can to make wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And uh, the sentence is kind of circular and the process is kind of circular. And we believe that's our mission. Now one of the encouraging things in these days is that even though our gatherings look different, we have seen our mission continue to be accomplished. And we have been gathering in a lot of different ways. We've been encouraging and equipping and we've seen people uh, go out into their world on mission, sharing the gospel and representing Jesus Christ. Over these last few weeks, we've seen small groups, life groups, classes, prayer groups, uh, meeting together on property and online. All of us have learned how to use Zoom, but on our property right now, any group, any class can meet. You just need to let us know so we can get the room ready and have it then ready for the next group that would like to use it. You just need to let Lawton know about that. We have men's groups that are meeting in person. We have uh, youth that are having weekly discussion meetings. Uh, our youth have gotten together to do kayaking. They've celebrated the seniors, our children. This coming week, an amazing week for our children. They're a super summer send-off. That's a mouthful. But more than 30 fifth graders will meet together every night this coming week. And there'll be teaching time, hangout time, food time, game time, and a way to just get them uh, ready to transition from children's ministry into youth ministry. College ministries continuing to gather online for weekly live stream teaching through the book of Colossians. They've met in groups on Pastor Vic's back deck. They continue to keep those relationships going, encouraging, equipping one another. Uh, our senior adults, uh, I give reports of door-to-door -door visits that are going on. I hear reports of texting, calling, Zoom meetings, food deliveries, uh, just great work happening there. And then our outdoor services, not just online, but also outdoors. We're gathering. And for three weeks, we've been gathering outdoors on our property. We do that again this Sunday. And uh, while you're watching online, there would be several hundred people gathered on property. And we're worshiping together there. And even on this Sunday of gathering outdoors, we see our mission kind of go full circle in that people will be baptized, publicly proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ. So there's a lot to be encouraged about as we continue to fulfill the mission that God has called us to. 
Now, a lot of you would wonder about how does it transition into indoor meetings? It's certainly hot, and, but we have a date that we're planning toward. Things, as usual, can always change, but August the 9th is the date where we're training workers, equipping workers, recruiting workers, getting our buildings ready. We'll do multiple services and in different venues, and that's the date. If you're looking, school will be back in, and we'll be back in then with children's programming and with worship indoors. So be praying for that, that uh, there would be smooth sailing headed in to that day. I want to talk to you for a few minutes here about Psalm 74. Psalm 74. Let me pray for us. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. You are king. And Lord, sometimes we might even forget that. I thank you for this reminder today through song and through the reading of Psalm 74. That God, you are sovereign. You are in charge. You are ruler. You are leader. You are Lord. You are creator. You are king. And we worship you today. Would you please, Father, use Psalm 74 in our life today to strengthen our faith. Lord, I pray you would use Psalm 74 today in somebody's heart, maybe watching or listening online right now, that they would come to know you for the first time in their life as their personal king, as their personal Lord, as their personal Savior. Lord Jesus, we exalt you today as the living, resurrected Savior of the world. Holy Spirit, please do your work through this way right now that we're communicating. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The author of Psalm 74 was Asaph. Asaph was known to have a specific role. He was the music leader. He was a part of the music team that served in the temple. And as he wrote this psalm and he wrote this song and he prayed this prayer, in many ways he was fulfilling what his assignment was before God. But you see in this Psalm 74 that he was at the point of despair. Uh, he he, He was coming close to losing the song of his heart. He's, he's living and serving in a time when life, I don't know of any more simpler way to put it, where life was a mess. His work was a mess because the temple was a mess. There was chaos in the temple. There was destruction in the temple. And it seemed for Asaph that all things were terrible and there was no change in sight as far as he could see. Now, you add to that thought that there was no end in his mind, no signs of change in his mind, and it just makes the whole situation even worse than we might imagine, or actually we might can imagine. It's very possible that every one of us right now can imagine life being a mess, We can imagine life being terrible because things are so different right now than they have been for most of our life. I don't think I'm any different than a lot of you. I've had moments over the past few months where I've thought, 
how long is this going to last? How long is this environment, is this uh, pandemic, is this turmoil, is this tension in the air, how long is it going to go on? I came across an AJC article this week, and it was talking about that very thing and just how in the beginning we said, hey, if we can make it through a few weeks, we'll be fine, and it just stretches on and on and on, and this is what this writer and this interviewer had to say. She says, in the beginning, I thought we knew the end, but now we don't know where it will end. Uh, These days, I struggle to fall asleep. Sometimes my heart races when I think about what the future might hold. One doctor said, that's not surprising because when you know the end date, you know how to work within those boundaries. But when you don't know when it's going to end, it's hard to remain healthy and mentally and emotionally stable. And Asaph Though he didn't have a doctor to analyze it, he certainly expressed it in Psalm 74 that he didn't know when this was going to end. And, and that was a part of the dilemma of his soul, the, this point of almost despair in his life. Maybe you've experienced some of that, wondering where is it going to end. We, we have times where we think, hey, man, things are getting better. We're headed here. And then something happens and we're like, it feels like we've taken a step back. Just a few days ago, we had an opportunity as a family to go finally and make a porch visit with my father-in-law. And all of our family sat in a big circle out on a porch with masks on. And we were able to talk to my father-in-law who's in his mid-80s. And it was great to be able to make a porch visit with him finally. Only to learn on Thursday that no more porch visits will be allowed. If we want to talk to him or visit with him, we have to go to an outside window and talk through the glass if we want to have any kind of contact with him. And it leaves you saying, how long? How long? When there are no signs of improvements or no voices of encouragement, there's no end in sight, then what? What do we do? That's what Psalm 74 shows us. It's amazing to me. When I started reading through this psalm, I thought to myself, if I was trying to dream up some passage of Scripture to go to for this season, I don't know if I could have ever dug out Psalm 74. But God in His providence has brought us to this point. And and you start reading through this psalm, and you're like, this sounds like today. So look at it with me. And I want to answer this question. What do you do when there seems to be No end in sight to the trouble of your life. What do you do when there seems to be no end in sight to the trouble of your life? Look, look verse 1. He says, Oh God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pastor? Remember your congregation which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Listen to this writer who works in the temple. He says, your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees. And all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets. 
and hammers. That's the picture of just a mess in the temple. It's like somebody just tore through a forest, just hacking trees down, and they just fell in every direction. It's the imagery of this psalm. Verse 7, they set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, we will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. And listen to this verse. It doesn't sound like it's right out of today's paper. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet or voices. And there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hands, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. Go to verse 18. Listen to what Asaph says. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs and the foolish people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for the covenant. For the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. Let not the downtrodden turn back in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. He ends. He just stops. He's described... Terrible scene in the temple. He's described terrible darkness in verse 20. Much violence in the dark places of the earth. And he sees that God's name is being reviled. And his, his people, he describes as the dove of God. He says, don't let them be delivered over to wild beasts. Don't let them be consumed by the enemy. What do you do when there seems to be no end in sight? Number one, let me give you four of these. Number one. We do what the psalmist did in Psalm 74, and this is where it starts. You keep praying. Keep praying. Asaph was a worship leader for the temple. He was a songwriter, a music leader, a prayer writer. And what we have in Psalm 74 when he's at the point of despair is what? A prayer. A song. He keeps praying, even as bad as it was. Here's what he does. He keeps the communication going between him and God. And right now, when you maybe look at your life and you say, well, I don't know what to do. How am I going to keep going? How long is this going to go on? Do you know what's happening in my family? Do you know what's happening in my world? Here's the word. Keep praying. Communication with God. Keep the lines open. We keep conversation going. We keep connecting with God we keep in communion with God it's communication people in our area know the uh, the meaning when I mentioned the name Weaver D's it's a restaurant you walk in and some people know you walk in and you hear this phrase automatic for the people but there was also another phrase and you walk into Weaver D's and if you don't give your order fast enough he looks at you and he says communication communication listen that's what we have to keep doing when we're in this time where we don't see an end we just keep communicating with God we keep praying 
I don't have a lot of sermons on parenting. The one thing that I say over and over again in parenting, what do I do about this, Pastor? What do we do about this? What do we do about this? Here's what I, one thing I know, keep talking. You just keep talking. You don't shut it down. And I'm saying to that in, in whatever you're walking through in these days, we've got to keep praying. We've got to keep talking to God. And I want to help our church do that. I want to mention this briefly, and we'll come back to it again and again over the next couple of weeks. I want to call our church together to pray for seven days, to pray and fast for seven days. I'll give you the dates, August the 2nd through the 8th. We'll provide details as it comes together, but just be thinking in your mind, maybe put it on your calendar, August the 2nd through the 8th, our church is going to be devoted to prayer and fasting. We're going to keep praying. Number two, what do we do? We keep believing. We keep believing. Psalm 74 is not a psalm of doubt. It is a psalm of faith. If you don't hear anything else about this psalm, don't miss that. You may look at this psalm and say, I don't know if it ever, he ever works it out. I don't know if he ever gets any answers. Listen, it is a psalm of faith, not a psalm of doubt. You keep believing. And Asaph kept believing, even in his time of despair. So where do you see that? Look at verse 2. And I want you to note, underline, pay attention to how many times the word you or your is used. And what you will see is every time the word you or your is used... It is actually an expression of faith by Asaph. Listen, verse 2. Remember your congregation, which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion, where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. What was he saying? He was saying... God, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know who we belong to. I know how you relate to the enemy. And, and he said, look, we're your congregation. I believe in you. You've purchased us of old. We're owned by you. You've redeemed us. You came after us. We're your heritage. You dwelt. Your steps. It is a psalm of faith. And we keep praying, but we keep believing. We keep praying because we keep believing. You see, these verses where he expresses who God is to him in his prayer is evidence of faith. Listen to this. That faith is evidence of things unseen. Listen, when we keep believing, here's what we're doing. We're fulfilling... Hebrews 11.1 1, that says faith is the substance of things unseen. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. Faith, when we believe, what we're saying is we believe that God's at work even though we can't see where he's working. Even when we can't make sense of it, we can't make it all add up. We're saying, I believe. I, it's, it's not what I see, it's evidence of what's unseen. 
And how important is that today for us in a time where we don't know the end? We don't know when things will absolutely change. We don't know if there will ever be anything that's like normal. Uh, We keep believing because we believe that God is doing more by a thousand times what we can see. Do you know in these online services, and I'll just put it this way, uncles are watching online all over the world. (laughs) And I use that phrase because I keep hearing from people who say, do you know my uncle in this state is watching now? Do you know my aunt in this state is watching now? Do you know my niece in this country is watching now? Do you know my cousin up in the Northeast is watching now? Do you know my grandmother tunes in every Sunday and watches now? That, that, That never was happening before this. My 80 Seven-year-old uncle, and if he's watching right now, hello, Uncle Dan. He, he has never heard me preach until all of this took place. And now on Sundays, sitting in Columbus, Mississippi, on Waverly Road, Uncle Dan watches week after week after week. Maybe you have stories like that. I heard this two weeks ago about this church in Tennessee where they have connected online with people and they have a start date and they have small groups that are starting connected to their online service in countries around the world and states in the West. Small groups. They're they're connecting on Zoom because of what they are watching online. You know in our outdoor services each week we've had first-time guests can you believe that? Can you imagine that? And, and let's not forget that back in June, we sent a missionary out. Who? Who? Sean Mills. We sent Sean to, to Arkansas, a church in Arkansas that had gone two years without a pastor. Can you imagine walking through these days without the leadership of, a pastor, of pastors? And, and, and they're saying, well, we need somebody. And God said, I've got somebody. And we released and sent. And Sean goes. It's just evidence that we got to keep believing. And I can list things out. Think of all the things I can't list out that God's doing. Here's the third thing. We keep praying. We keep believing. We keep remembering. Keep remembering. Don't get forgetful in these days. Don't forget this. Don't forget what God has done in the past. It's, it's, It's actually the verses that I didn't read. Maybe you noticed I skipped some verses. When you get to verse 12, the first 11 verses, despair. The next verses that go through verse 23 from 18 on, it's like, God, you got to rise up. But verse 12, there's this glimmer of hope. Verse 12, there's this flicker of fire. In verse 12, there's this ping of life. And it's two words. In the midst of all of this, where there's no signs and no voices, Asaph says, yet God. Yet God. It's the the Old Testament equivalent to the New Testament, but God. You are dead in your trespasses and sins, but God raised you to life. Here, God, we're in a mess, 
The temple has been taken over. We don't see any end of what's going to happen here. We don't hear any voices of encouragement. None among us know how long. And he rises up and he says, Yet God, my king, is from of old. And he begins to remember. He said, I'm praying, I'm believing, but how long? I'm praying and believing, but I'm also remembering that long before I came along, God was at work. Long before I was a part of the history, God was writing history. And he brings up these categories. He, he shows that God's working way before him in conversion. He says, yet God, my king, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Could it be right now, listening online, that what God's been up to is that he's been working salvation in your heart and soul? And today would be the day, this very hour, this moment would be the day where you realize, I need a Savior. I need my sins forgiven. I need a relationship with God. And, and it would be that God in such a strange way has been working. Right now, you could call out to God and just say, God, save me, forgive me. I want to give you my life. I want to live for you. He says he's working salvation. But notice also he's working in chaos. He says, you divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of the Leviathan and gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. And we can take it literal and we can say God did something back there in history that we can't even understand man sea monsters the leviathan wow god was up to something that we don't even know about or we can take it figuratively as poetic imagery if we do that the leviathan was recognized as being understood as chaos a chaotic creature a creature that caused chaos and asaph perhaps in imagery is saying god you crushed chaos. You brought peace to chaotic situations. And then crisis. He sees God working in, he remembers God working in crisis. He, he says, you split open springs and brooks. That means that when there was drought, you provided water. You dried up ever-flowing streams. When there was flood, you stopped the flood. God was working in crisis. And then he says, he shows God working in creation. He says, yours is the day, yours also the night. You've established the heavenly lights and the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You've made summer and winter. He says, God, you're the creator. And listen, right now where you're thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know when all this is going to end. I don't know when the pressure is going to let up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep remembering. Keep remembering. The church of Jesus Christ is going to be retrieved one day. You remember that? You know that Christ is coming back for his bride one day. Do you know who his bride is? The church. Listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Do you know that for 2,000 years, across generations, through wars, depressions, recessions, disease, pandemics, and epidemics, the church has survived. Do you know our church is 140 years old this year? 
Did you know that in the history of our church, there was a time when this church met just one time a month? That there was a time when this church met just two times a month? Listen, all I'm saying is like there are a lot of little blips on the screen throughout history. Just don't forget that God is sovereign through all of it. Keep praying, keep believing, keep remembering. Number four, keep asking. Keep asking. And that's what Asaph does. He says, Lord, verse 19, do not deliver the soul of your dove to the wild beast. He says, verse 22, arise, O God, defend your cause. Number, verse 23, do not forget the clamor of your foes. He just comes again and again. He says, Lord, do this. Work, work, work. So keep asking. Ask according to who God is and what God has done. Go to him and, Lord, he says, arise, O God, defend your cause. It wasn't even about Asaph as much as Asaph was saying, this is about your name and your plans. And right now when we pray for something to happen in our lives or our hearts, our world, let's pray according to who God is. Let's pray according to his cause and not our plans. So keep praying, keep believing, keep remembering, keep asking. This psalm just comes to verse 23 and says, Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. And this psalm is like some music. It doesn't resolve. I was talking with Pastor Jason this week, our worship pastor, and we're talking about this idea of music, how it doesn't resolve in some cases. You know how it works. You get to the end of a song and you hear the chorus and it's repeating, repeating, repeating. And all of a sudden it's time for it to end. And you almost can tell the music's going to change. The notes are going to change. And the song ends. But this psalm doesn't have that concluding resolve at the end. So what do you do when the song doesn't resolve? What do you do when the psalm doesn't resolve? You keep singing. It's not time for the song to end. It's not time for the song to be over. You keep singing. And so I ask you this question that we ask at the beginning. What do you do? What do you do when there seems to be no end in sight to the trouble of your life? You keep singing. You keep singing by praying, believing, remembering, and asking. Just keep singing. Lord, today, would you help us at a time where maybe there feels like, it feels like there's no resolve. There, there's no note that says in this psalm, whew, finally. Lord, until that day, would you help us to keep praying, keep believing, keep remembering, keep asking, keep singing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.